1: This is Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Hey, welcome back on a Friday. Hope you're
2: doing well, everybody. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Coos here on a Friday afternoon in Jacksonville where it gets dark around 4 o'clock now. <laughs> I mean, it is unbelievable. Yesterday, I walked out of here at 6 o'clock. And I, you would have thought we were oh, doing the nine
3: to midnight shift. Yeah. Just missed that rainstorm, by the way. I was pumped. Uh, I,
2: I drove all the way home
3: in it. Well, I'm saying, like, from leaving the building to walking outside, oh, yeah, missed
2: I, it. You're going to get your hair wet. That's yeah, good. Yeah.
3: Well, uh, it shreds, Brent. I mean, it's... It, uh, it does stuff.
2: It's, it's been... I mean, these afternoon storms, like, well, I mean, we kind of... I don't to say we joke, I think it's reality. It's like some of these hurricanes that everybody talks about for three or four weeks, mm-hmm. I mean, days coming on, and tropical storms, they, they couldn't hold a candle to these storms <laughs> that happen spontaneously at four o'clock in the afternoon. I for mean, sure. it's like the end of the world is coming. Yeah.
3: Just when Mother Nature feels like it, man, here we are. It, it is kind of creepy.
2: It's and scary. by the way, in 2020,
3: when we say the end of the world is coming, like some people believe it. Dude, who are you telling, man? Um, I mean, we had murder bees, aliens, storms. And what happened to the murder hornets? They're... Hey, I don't know, man. Is this another government conspiracy? I don't know, Brent. You tell me what happened. I mean, that, that popped up for about three days and then disappeared. Well, because then COVID-19 came around. And no, all of a sudden the... it was in the middle of COVID-19. <sighs> was it really? Uh, you're right. You're absolutely right. I guess just COVID-19 had precedent over the murder bees? It, uh, yeah, it must have taken a turn. Get, get, so check this out. Two, uh, so, you know, my grandpa's a big beekeeper. Yeah. Had a little bear running. He he wasn't there, but the bear likes um, honey. I would assume. Yep, knocked over. Well, it's it's the honey, but it's also it's like the the comb because that's like where the eggs are, packed full of protein. Mm. So the bear knocked over two of those boxes and then cleaned out like the all like the larva and uh, like all the honeycomb and everything. So he's kind of bummed about that, but he still has like twenty more boxes. So we're all good. Is that an expensive thing when that happens? Um, it's not ideal. <laughs> you know, um, probably a couple hundred bucks. I would say. Hmm. But now he, he he's like on bear patrol trying to check it out. He ended up putting up like a he's got like an electric fence, and then he actually plays a radio, um, because the like the the sound the the music deters the bears. So I was wondering. wondering that yeah. interesting. So there you go. Uh, so basically, he had a visit from Winnie the Pooh in his yard. Basically, Winnie the Pooh, probably not as friendly, wouldn't want to say what's up to him, probably doesn't have a pet or a a friend, uh, a pet tiger. Was it a pet tiger or just a friend that was a tiger? Tigger. just his friend, right? It wasn't his pet, though. It wasn't his pet. Okay. It's just one of his friends. One one of his friends. Well, my bad. I'm getting confused with Disney because Mickey Mouse had the pet Pluto, but then also he had Goofy, who was a friend who was a dog, which made zero sense. But, hey. That's either here or there. If we if you want me to go over the organizational
2: chart of Disney and (laughs) Winnie the Pooh and 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 Mickey? I I don't
3: think I could do it. Okay. Okay? Well you you seem like a pretty big Winnie the Pooh guy. So (laughs) I just
0: Shout-out to, Shout to Christopher Robin out there.
3: Shout-out to Christopher Robin. Did he have parents, by the way? Christopher Robin? Here we go again. That kid's I just in know. the woods, just by himself with a bunch of creatures. <laughs> parents not even worried about it. I don't know about the family tree for yeah. Christopher Robin. A little family backstory would hey, have been
2: nice. Hey, SEC's going to announce their two... Uh, they're two SEC uh, non-divisional opponents for each school. There were some rumblings that Florida would play, Alabama and Texas a and We'll see if those rumblings were true or not, although there were some folks that said, yeah, it wasn't true. So we'll find out. Uh, Apparently that's coming up at uh, 6 o'clock. Well, we'll be off the air. We'll tweet about it. Uh, I saw 5 o'clock, but actually that's 5 o'clock Central. Uh, So that's coming up a little bit later Uh, today. We'll see what happens uh, with that situation we'll keep you updated on the pga championship as well and uh we like to do a little fsu at four o'clock florida Let's state seminoles you're home for florida state football and basketball here in jacksonville now it's on ESPN 690. We just announced that a week ago today, in fact. And uh, welcome aboard to the Seminoles fans. Practice is now underway. Mike Norvell saying the quarterbacks look pretty good. Thought all four of them did. Thought they looked crisper. Uh, I think his quote was uh, throwing and catching the ball. We looked better than we did those three practices we had in the spring. Yeah. So I guess a better start for Mike Norvell, the quarterbacks, and maybe this offense. Marvin Wilson's a guy we talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Interestingly enough, he we, we just talked about him yesterday about coming back and and you got to give him a lot of credit for coming back. And all some players are opting out, especially if you're, you know, sure fire first round pick and Wilson's a top 10 guy. A doubt. Could easily opt out of this thing given everything a new coach and the the run in a little bit with the new coach mm-hmm. and and now COVID-19 easy opt out guy. And he's holding firm and staying. In fact, he didn't like the fact the guys opting out, especially in his kind of position. Here's what he had to say about it. I came too far not to just turn back around. I put too much work into this
3: program, put too much uh, emphasis into some of uh, these young guys' life, and I, I feel like that'd be a form of quitting, in my, my opinion, just to uh, opt out at this last moment, right before the season, when we worked so hard all together in this off season, when we spent a through tough times, just to uh, really just to give up, you know. And I just feel like that would be, uh, I feel like that'd be disrespectful to them, you know. Showing them the way of how to be a mo and just leaving them at the last minute. So I, I don't work out like that. So I, I'm definitely
2: playing the season. And I'm really just giving it my all. So that's Marvin Wilson, uh, sensational defensive uh, tackle for the Florida State Seminoles. And now the way I interpreted that was that's his thinking. That's, that's in his situation. Yeah. He thinks he'd be quitting on the team. As a leader of the football team, one of the better players, if he had said, hey, I'm out now. I'm yeah. coming all this way. I'm out. You respect the heck out of it. I respect the heck out of what he said. Interestingly enough, one of his defensive line mates, defensive end Jamarcus Chapman, announcing today he's opting out of the 2020 season. This in from Mike Norvell, Uh, Jamarcus Chapman has decided to opt out. We respect his decision, and like any of our student-athletes who make this decision, he will remain on scholarship. Chapman would go on to say, the reason I chose to opt out is because this is a serious deal that's going on in the world today. A close friend of my family is in the hospital suffering from COVID-19. That hit too close to home. My family and I decided that to be safe, I should opt out this season. So there he is, won't lose scholarship, get that eligibility back, but he's not playing. So it's an interesting dynamic. A day after Wilson says, hey, I'm not going to do it, I feel like I'm quitting, one guy does. But I think it's an important thing to remember in the context, under it. I don't think, unless I've seen, uh, I just haven't seen something come out, I don't think Wilson will be critical of this. I think to each his own. I think Wilson was more bringing up his situation. Yeah. Now, some interpreted it as he was being critical of the other guys that have done it, from Virginia Tech, Miami, and Penn State, and, mm-hmm. and others. Uh, I think, uh, was it Minnesota? Another uh, key player did too. And I didn't look at it as much that way. I, I think he was kind of saying from his own per I would feel like I'm quitting on my team if i did it
3: yeah i mean you definitely get his thought about it and his mindset at the same time though like let's be honest i mean when you say things like that like obviously you're a leader in that locker room um you know your opinion um is valued obviously as a member of the seminoles so i think when some of his teammates heard that they could have been turned off a little bit. Because at the end of the day, I mean, let's be honest here. I love Marvin Wilson's passion. I love the fact that he chose not to opt out. I love the fact that he's going to be the bridge from the old to the new. And he's going to be that guy that kind of brings everything together and kind of the guy that keeps everything in check. And when he leaves, he's going to leave it in good hands. So I love Marvin Wilson for doing that. At the same time, though. It's still football, man, okay? It's still a game. It's still a game where you got a pigskin, and you throw, and you tackle, and it's it's ridiculous. If you try to explain to someone that doesn't follow the game, it's an absolutely ridiculous explanation, okay? There's more important things than football, like family, you know, like your kids, things like that. So I get what Marvin Wilson was trying to say, and I'm not telling him to censor himself whatsoever because I like the passion, and I think that's what Florida State needs right now more than anything, is, is guys like Marvin Wilson. So I'm not knocking him for it. I'm just saying, you know, overall though we gotta understand there's bigger things than just football. There's
2: family. I think you gotta be respectful of guys opting out. I yeah. think organizations have been, I think head coaches have been, I think programs have been. I think you have to be respectful of it and and, and uh I, I think it's almost like you're immune of criticism. I really do. Now I understand that's not necessarily the case because there's thing called social media yeah. and sure White obviously brought that up. He was getting a lot of heat back when he was even thinking about it. I really don't know why he brought that out to social media to think about <laughs> it, but <laughs> right. But, but that was kind of a, at least a temperature check sure. of, Hey, you're going to get some feedback now. So, it, you know, if the Jags had Leonard Fournette opt out, there don't, there would be heavy criticism. No doubt. I mean, not everyone's going to be like, Hey, we get, we get it, Leonard. Now some people will, and and maybe even a vast majority would. Yeah, there's going to be some people out there going to be upset. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's my point. So you're going to have those folks, but I do think in terms of the, the inner workings of wherever you are in your building at Jags headquarters, in this case, in Tallahassee at Florida State, coaching staff players, I think there's a respect level for these kind of decisions right now that almost makes you a little immune of uh, a criticism. Uh, yeah. you know, I, now again, I'm not in there, so maybe I have a bad read on that, mm-hmm. but that's kind of the sense I get, at least from higher ups and teammates, everything else. Yeah, we respect that. Uh, we all have a decision to make. We all thought about it to that degree. Uh, so I, I think that's just the way it's going to be received. And the college kids are a little different. They got a lot of money on the line, mm-hmm. potentially the next year. Yeah. Potentially. And not so much maybe in Chapman's case as it is in, uh, Rousseau's
3: case down in Miami.
2: Yeah. But, Every, there's everybody's got a different reason.
3: Well, exactly. And, and see, when you start talking about the college kids, whether it's sitting out for COVID-19, prepping for the draft, or if it's sitting out that bowl game, well, now we're starting to talk about business decisions, right? And sometimes business decisions can get gawked at. It turns people off a little bit. To me, these aren't business decisions, though, if you're going to opt out because of COVID-19. Once again, this is, this is a family decision. And I think any guy in that locker room, while they could be disappointed, they're going to lose a teammate and obviously a pretty great player They understand it, okay? I think they can come around to it. Now, people online, that's different, you know? I mean, that 40-year-old dude eating Cheetos sitting in his mom's basement probably (laughs) has something to say about it. So be it. But once again, I've always said this. Twitter, it's not the real world, okay? As long as you have the respect from your coaches, you have the respect from your teammates in that inner circle, you're going to be okay.
2: I like it uh and uh I think I, I really love the outspoken nature of of Wilson I I don't he's not afraid to say anything of course he's true leader of that football team and is maybe their best player uh no doubt he's one of their two best players I would think but he's he's I think he's their best player mm-hmm. and uh they need that kind of leadership they need that kind of the edge you know they need those guys. You need more of those guys, but you need those guys at Florida State right now to help turn this thing around uh, with Mike Norvell. And you got to embrace that stuff. You got to be re- ready to handle that stuff. And I think I love it if I'm a Florida State fan. I mean, obviously you love Marvin Wilson because he's so good. If you're a Florida State fan, but I, no, I kind of the- love all the
3: stuff outside of the football field on Marvin Wilson more than anything else. Listen, I I can't trust this enough from Marvin Wilson just being the bridge though because. I was in that situation as well. We we were going through a coaching change my senior year. Our head coach got fired. We knew the writing was on the wall, and next year is going to be completely different. Well, it was my senior year, right? So, I I mean, again, I wasn't going to transfer. I was going to opt to anything like that. But I wanted to make sure that when I left Murray State, it was better than when I came into it. Like, I wanted to make sure that when I passed the reins on to the juniors and the sophomores, that it was going to be in good hands. You know, so I, I wanted to see it through because – We weren't going to win a conference championship, okay? We weren't going to win a national title. So, like, my whole thing was I have love for Murray State. I have pride for Murray State, and I want these guys to understand that, and I want to see this through. So one day when I come back to on campus, it's better than when I got there, okay? And that's, thankfully, what I was able to do. I think that's kind of the same thing right now with Wilson. Well, let's be honest. I mean, we're optimistic maybe about Florida State. We're not talking national championships. We're not talking ACC championships, all right? We're we're talking about Norvell coming in, trying to turn things around from a couple seasons that were a disappointment to say the least. And I think Wilson's took it upon himself that he just wants to see this through. And that says a lot about, number one, his character, but number two, what Florida State means to him. Because I'll be honest with you, man. Not everybody can do what Wilson does, okay? And you can't fake it. You can't fake it till you make it. That's genuine. So I have a lot of respect for Marvin Wilson.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I do too. And, uh, you know, here's the thing. Uh, we're, well, So we're a couple hours away from Tallahassee, and nobody's really embedded anymore with any of these teams. It, it feels like we're all distant to a degree. Mm-hmm. But where this could have gone <laughs> a few months ago with, with Wilson and Norvell, to now... And I think Wilson's a huge part of the reason why I feel like there's so much buy in on Norvell, like a, a, a buy in that I just don't know. Maybe you felt that with Taggart when he first got hired, but quickly it, it kind of dissipated. It never really took off even more in terms of the buy in. And as soon as they hit the field, I mean, heck. People were, were bailing more than buying in. I think yeah. there's so much buy-in right now. I get the feeling from Norvell, and I'm telling you, once again, just a key on Wilson. I think it's a big reason why, because he could have taken that back and forth with Norvell a few months back mm-hmm. in a, an entirely different direction. Uh, he might
3: have helped salvaged salvage at least this part going into the 2020 season. See, listen, the thing – and granted, I didn't cover the Florida State Seminoles underneath the microscope a couple of years ago when Willie Taggart came into town. But I remember being excited for the Florida State Seminoles because – of the offense like of because of the intrigue you know like he's bringing the Gulf Coast offense to Florida State so to me the buy in came more from that even came more from the recruiting because we figured the recruiting was always going to be there but now we're going to have an explosive um you know high powered Florida State offense to showcase all those skill positions like that to me is where the buy in came in even more than maybe the culture building even more than the coaching resume the buy in came in for me at least was the Gulf Coast offense now we saw all that paid off. I think Mike Norvell coming in, the buy-in is a little more of a culture change. It's a little more of, listen, we're not going to have it like it was in the past. We're going forward. There's going to be some things that are different. Yes, I have an offensive-minded um, philosophy, and we're going to be high-powered. But Norvell kind of brings, I think, that more that culture kind of changing thing, which obviously Florida State desperately needs right now.
2: A real quick thought about uh, the SEC and the schedule that's supposed to come out uh, 6 o'clock right at the end of our show, really. Uh, 6 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Central uh, Mm -hmm. is the story out of uh, Hoover, Alabama and the SEC. And they'll add these two non-division games Mm -hmm. to the schedule because they're going conference only in the SEC. And, of course, there's still a little... uh, Heck, I think even the governor mentioned the Florida-Florida State game, still trying to think that would happen or could happen or should happen. Well, it ain't happening. I mean, they've already – Florida State scheduled Sanford. They're doing the 10-game conference schedule thing in the SEC, which I think can be fantastic, which all these conferences with these 10 conference games I think is going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just so much better from a a casual football standpoint than – playing the cupcakes. Uh, and yes, you don't get some of the good games. I mean, obviously in a normal year, we would have had four to Florida State, or we could have had Florida State, Vir- West Virginia to lead off. It could have been an intriguing game and a fun game. Yeah. Uh, we don't get those. But in the SEC, just talking about that real quick, when this announcement comes out, I mean, it can really shift the balance depending on who gets the luck of the draw and who ends up playing who. Uh, and I think the reasoning, if I go back to a week and a half ago, the reasoning for like Florida, for instance, why they might play Alabama and Texas A&M is they would have been kind of next in the rotation. And so people assumed that's the way they were going to go with these other two games. Well, I can tell you this. Nobody in Ga- – I don't think I- – I shouldn't say I can't tell you. I wouldn't think Florida fans and people in Gainesville want that to be the case. <laughs> Because you've already got to deal with Georgia in the East, and yeah. and you got the rest of the SEC, but throw Alabama in there, who's number three in the country, and I think Texas A&M in the, in this first preseason
3: poll was thirteen in the country. Yeah, you talk about adding some depth to your schedule. Whew. well, listen, anytime you play in the SEC, it is a murderer's row, right? And let's be honest, Brent, we know how coaches operate. Yeah, we we, we want to challenge, we want to test ourselves, we want to compete. You mean to tell me right now, Dan Mullen's like? Bring on Alabama. Bring on A&M, man. let's go. Like, this is SEC football. Heck no, man. Are you kidding me? You want to put Alabama in? A&M, we'll see with Texas a and I think they're always overhyped to start the season, and they always fool you. We'll see with A&M. But Alabama, for sure. Like, listen, if you're meant to see them, you're going to see them. But the last thing, to me, you want to see if you're a Florida Gators fan is Alabama during the regular season.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, and, 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 by the way, Texas A&M would be – on the heavier side of that schedule too. I mean, Maybe that's yeah. not, uh, it's not. It's like not like you're getting Ole Miss. Game. No, you know? I get you. But. So, uh, although Ole Miss would be interesting now with, <laughs> yeah, obviously they could be a couple with, years um, away with Kiffin. Yeah, uh, I thought Ole Miss, Mississippi State. I mean, I went to the Egg Bowl last year. Yeah, Egg Bowl now for the
3: next few years with Leach and and Kiffin. Well, let me ask you this real quick: Who has more success? Right, right off the bat, you think? Oh, actually, no, that's not fair because I mean that's not their guys recruiting. In the next five years, are we going to be talking more about Mississippi State or more about Ole Miss? Mm -hmm. Good call. Good, good
2: call. Uh, Five years, first of all, is a long time. It is. uh, To even make sure they still have a job. They're still (laughs) going to be there. That's (laughs) where my first thought goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to give it to, uh, you know, I'm going to say Mississippi State. Okay. They've had more success anyway it feels like they've been able to get better players overall. Mm-hmm. There was a lot to come out from underneath at Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah you know, even though that was now a couple of years ago. My only hesitation here is: first of all, Kiffin hasn't proven that he can get it done really at this at this uh, level. Enough. Yeah. Uh, you know, are you completely bought in on Kiffin? You know, Leach looks like he gets more than people expect out of his teams, but then you go back and you look at like the records and say, it's not like it doesn't wow you. Yeah. You know, he gets a lot out of like his offense and usually a lot out of his Oof. quarterbacks. And then he has his a year or two. being the,
3: the, the key phrase yeah. Though, yeah. But he has
2: a year or two where he really pops. Yeah. But I think overall you're like, eh, okay. You know, it's not, it's just like he's such a fun character yeah. that you almost think he's better than he is. Sure. Uh, and he's pretty good. I just don't know if he's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm still going to go Mississippi State. To go. <laughs> uh,
3: I'm going Ole Miss, man. I think I think Ole Miss, and I think Kiffin, man. I just think that in terms of recruiting, um, I think in terms of just overall game philosophy. And it's not a knock whatsoever, and what Mississippi State's going to bring to the table, but. If we look back at what Leach does, I mean, obviously it's very offensive-minded. And I think last year in the SEC, we saw more offensive-minded philosophies than we did defense. You know, usually it's tough defense, less. he see, pound the rock, pro style offenses. We saw a little more spread last year oh, yeah. than we were accustomed to. We're seeing more offense. Exactly. But I think that Kiffin can kind of off that right balance. I think he did a fantastic job at Florida Atlantic, obviously. Um, and he got some pretty big recruits over there. I think, you know, having that Ole Miss brand now. And I still think there's something cool to, to Ole Miss. So I think they get the better recruits. I think Ole Miss is on the map more than Mississippi State in five years. Sorry. To uh, your neighbors out there, Brendan, whoever I just hey, listen, offended. You're
2: the ones who got to deal with them. I mean, I, I just picked and I just ring the bell. Yeah, yeah. I
1: yeah. mean,
2: what, I, is, what, what does Ole Miss have? Is there like a it's a shark thing, right? That's about it. Can you play baby shark coos? Ole Miss, yeah, but Ole Miss uh, allegedly has something better. And that is the
3: Grove. Oh, the Grove. That's right. Hot toddies. Yeah, hot toddies all around. Yeah, yeah. So.
2: I, I, I mean, hands down. If I ask that question, where's the best place to go in the SEC? People say Ole Miss.
3: Isn't that what Alyssa Lang said when we had around, asked her on the ask that she question? Did. Yeah, the Grove.
2: And, huh? and uh, but everybody says
3: it. Do we have to go on location there one time to see what it's all about, Brent? I do. I don't think yeah. it's happened in 2020, but I
2: think we do have to go. <laughs> sure, yeah. uh, we're we, just by ourselves <laughs> out there. <laughs> we're just
1: out there by ourselves. Yeah.
2: We. I, it's it's a fa- that's always fascinating answer to me, and I also must say how good it is because they are not good. True. So the vibe and the atmosphere and all that stuff—it's not like going to Auburn, Alabama, or something yeah. like that. But Ole Miss gets people say it's awesome. Yeah, and they really aren't even that good of at football mm-hmm. or haven't been really overall. And. But I'm telling you, to a person, every time I ask that question, they say, hey, these places are great, these places are great, but you gotta go to Ole Miss.
3: Okay. Well, when we go, one preface is, all right? One thing I'm gonna say before we go. When we go one day, I'm not wearing boat shoes, I'm not gonna tuck in my shirt, and I'm not wearing a collared shirt. And and that's final. You Uh, will look different probably. And you know what? And that's fine. Hey. That's fine. Come to the Big Ten one time. See how we tailgate. Sweatshirts, jeans, come as you are. We don't got to dress up to drink and get drunk. What's the point of that? That, That's like a double negative. No, thank you. (laughs) Double negative. Yeah. Uh, By the way, if you're
2: just jumping in on the Kiffin or Leach in the SEC, who will be better? I say Leach. I say Kiffin. You're bought in on Kiff. I mean, are we going to put this down in the, in the bet? I mean, that's, that's a good idea. It's, it's kind I of a long term bet. You, well, you said five years. We don't even know if our show will exist in five years. <laughs> I'm not going to be because alive Frankly, five years. I didn't know if it would last 18 months, and here we are on month
3: 20. All right, I'll put it down then. I'll put it in the archives. So, Two toe wager coming up. Uh, but I, I'd say let's go three years. Three. Okay, I'll allow it. Yeah. Three years. Three years it
2: is. That's fair enough, right? Yeah. I mean, if you don't start
3: doing things in three years, well, then you're probably not going to make well, listen, it to year five. I mean, we can go ten years if you want because then by then my son will be a senior in high school. And you better believe I'm going to influence him to go to Ole Miss if I have to <laughs> just to try to win a bet. Oh, you want to go to Wisconsin? You want to go play for Florida? Nah, son. Ole Miss where we're going. Here's the other part of that, by the way.
2: You can uh, Whoever wins that is like might be just barely 500 in the SEC West. <laughs>
3: You know, yeah, I mean, we're still gonna be scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, yeah. I
2: mean, you got in Auburn, Alabama, LSU, and then Texas A&M that. ever starts coming along with Jimbo yeah. Fisher, then
3: and, you got that. And here you and I are just cheering the the, the, the bottom levels. We got to bet on the bottom with, feeders, baby, with the Vanderbilt's and the old Misses and all those guys. Yeah,
2: yeah we got to take a break. We come back. Uh, Barry Bonds' home run record thirteen years ago. Is it? The least celebrated milestone that you know of, of that kind of significance? Thoughts on Barry Bonds. we got some interesting comments on social media. We'll share those. Give you an update on PGA Championship. Tiger Woods, about a half hour away from teeing it up out of TPC, Harding Park. We'll be back on ESPN 690. Why didn't I grow up and do this instead? 25 years they've been doing it. Pro watercross, and it's coming to St. Augustine this weekend. It's here. The national championships, in fact, they've canceled next week's event, which I think would have been the final event, so this becomes the national championship for the pro watercross event at Volano Beach in St. Augustine this weekend. Uh, Get out there. Check it out tomorrow, and right now, we're going to talk and learn a little bit more about it. Usually, we can do our homework on some of these interviews. Yeah. Uh, this one not so much like I don't know a lot about it I said that already so we're gonna learn we're all gonna learn together and uh, we're gonna bring in Sean Ninesling right now he's one of the competitors and he does this for a living uh, or at least part-time what's up Sean how you doing man hey how's it going hey great Uh, thanks for jumping in all right when people when you tell people you do this for a living pro watercross you explain it how (laughs)
4: I explain it how. It's just basically super modified jet skis, either stand-up, sport, uh, runabout class. Um, I'm actually a vet rider. I haven't been r- uh, raced in 14 years, so my, my kids are of age now, so I, this is actually their first race, so we're, getting, we're just getting back into the sport.
2: Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, so what's the age that it, it
4: usually runs? Uh, Ten. You can ride a stand-up, uh, and at the age of 12 or 13, 13, oh, 13 you can ride a sit down and then they have all sorts of different classes for different skill levels and engine sizes and so forth
2: i kind of kidded around earlier in the show i was like in my mind i have that old uh, video game called jet moto <laughs> any and and does it anything like it
4: <laughs> yeah i mean yes it is actually it's it's they have two different scenarios here they've got a a closed course and then a super course
2: interesting which is is there a, a can you tell us like kind of the difference uh like what's the style what's it look from a fan perspective what would you be watching
4: um the closed course is basically uh very similar to a motocross start where you're at a gate it's uh it held back by essentially a rubber band and that they hold up a card and pop the rubber band everybody starts at the same time and it's just there's a I guess red and yellow or green buoys, and you navigate through uh, the closed course, which is typically one to two miles long. You can see it uh, easily from shore. It's a it's great spectator sport, especially if there's if there's big waves. Which with these storms rolling in, we are anticipating big waves. And then the super course is uh, just uh, essentially a big NASCAR type. Uh, course where it's super high speed up to probably 90 miles an hour a couple chicanes in it but it's usually anywhere from two to five mile long course
3: sean by my understanding you know there's like a few classes here of jet ski obviously i've been on a jet ski before i've been on the one where you sit down the ones that you stand up on seem way more intense seem way more extreme and it seems like you have to have like a lot like more lower body strength to try to get those things to operate and not fall off
4: is that a correct statement right there Absolutely, 100%. And that's actually very, very big part of the sport. Um, uh, the stand-up is, is uh, probably as many stand-ups as sit-downs here.
2: Interesting. Uh, so now when you say, do the competitors, are they hoping for big waves and kind of what these storms might be rolling in?
4: Um, I know I do because that typically separates, I guess, the men from the boys when it's real rough. It's not all horsepower and boat, so um, I would say most of uh, the competitors that are, are, are serious about the sport would, would probably like more of the rough stuff. I always did. That was always my forte back when I raced pretty much full-time
2: yeah, Sean Neinsling with us. Uh, he's a local uh, rider and, and pro water is coming up. But actually, his kids will be entered in this event uh, coming up uh, this weekend in St. Augustine, Velano Beach. I think everything kind of gets going around 11 in the morning. So check it out. Uh, should be a lot of excitement. A little different if you're looking for something different to do this weekend. Uh, it certainly fits the category. How did you even fall into this? I mean, everybody uh, says, hey, let's go ride jet skis. That's kind of cool. Like, I get that part. But uh, how did you get into to this sport?
4: Uh, I actually, believe it or not, started racing in 96 and I achieved a national championship in, or I'm sorry, a world championship in 02 and expert class and, uh, had some kids and the sport, you can't race, uh, the kids can't race until they're 10 years old. So we've been running motocross and my youngest just turned 10. So I saw that the national tour stop was coming to St. Augustine and we, we literally scrambled the last three days, bought three jet skis that were ready to race, and literally took the kids out to the ocean riding the first time yesterday, and so this will be their first time uh, racing in the ocean, and first time racing period, actually, but uh, I, I just got into it because it was a pretty pretty big deal back then, and it's, it's uh, you know kind of faded off for a little bit, and it's getting real big again.
2: That's very cool. So, you see that we can go pick it up. Yeah, no Yeah,
3: Absolutely. Well, <laughs> so you said, like in terms of motocross, you know, I mean, are there some some similarities between you know riding a dirt bike essentially and riding a jet ski that you can actually use to benefit yourself riding a jet ski?
4: Yeah, I, I would think if you've got motocross background, you're you're going to have a little bit of advantage, um, just because. Yeah, it's, it's very similar with the, especially especially on an offshore race where there's waves and it's it's rough.
2: Good stuff. Sean Neinsling, uh, thanks for jumping in, man. Have a good weekend with us. Hope the kids do well. Send us a picture or something, and we'll uh, I'll put them on TV this weekend as well. But uh, hopefully we'll have some cameras down there at the Pearl Watercross event. Uh, Valano Beach in St. Augustine gets going tomorrow. Uh, check it out around 11 in the morning. Really goes uh, through most of the afternoon. Have some fun down there. Thanks for joining us, man.
4: Yeah, thank you very much.
2: You bet, uh, Sean Neinsling. Uh, pretty cool learning about that, and uh, check it out if you're looking for something. Everybody's always looking for something to do, yeah. And especially these days, Without get out of the house man. a little bit, but probably still in a, in a safe way. Watch that from the shoreline uh, in Volano at Volano Beach, and uh, you should be uh, good to go. Uh, that's wild that he went out and bought
3: a couple of jetski said, hey, go on oh, the ocean and try this, Let's try kids. this, yeah. I mean, can you guys swim? Okay, good. Let's go. I mean, it's crazy, man. It's uh, insane. I don't make it a family affair. I can tell that his kids are probably pretty
2: adventurous, So,
3: Oh, well, dude, I mean, he you ran, you ran, listen, motocross, man, it's not for everybody, bro. Not sure if you've been on a dirt bike before, once you start hitting those rollers and everything, man, it can be intense. I've been on a dirt bike, you know, back in the day, like, when
2: I was like, gosh, I must have been six, seven, eight years old. Yeah. Uh, why would my parents have let me on a dirt bike at six? It was just a Little guy, you yeah, know yeah, but, sure. We weren't doing anything like racing, racing. trail bike. It was like it a was little trail, trail, trail bike. bike yeah, yeah. yeah. I, had a, I had a trail bike Those too. Growing up, fun. Oh, who are you Tom, man, stop riding! I had, a,
3: I, I had a Honda seventy CR, man. That was so much fun. Yeah. yeah.
2: I, I never got into it more of that, but I actually had some kids. I, went, I remember going to school with. There was one kid, and he was like a nationally when we were in, I want to say eighth grade. Okay, he was a nationally ranked guy. I don't know where he went. Sure. On with it, if he ended up. Continuing probably like, to do it's later. probably
3: Jeremy McGrath or somebody <laughs> huge. Like you don't even know. I forgot his name. Yeah, yeah, you don't even know, but it's like
2: the best guy ever. You know? Okay, cool. You yeah. know how many people say that in Iowa about John Bachman? What's that? It'd be like, remember that
4: guy? <laughs> <laughs> in like Semperi- Look at him now. He's- oh, God.
2: <laughs> He's anchored <laughs> Action News Jacks, CBS 47, Fox 30. made a
1: big. <gasps> Absolutely. And he's
2: on ESPN 690 right now. See yeah. that?
1: Yes, sir. That's that's when you know you've made it, when you're on with Brent and Austin, baby, in the afternoon. Oh, man, I'm telling you. Not only that, stuff. but
2: you just backed up pro watercross talk. Good that luck. is pretty
1: awesome. I was going to chime in and say I never had a bike or a, a ski doo or whatever, but I did. We had snowmobiles where I grew oh, up in yeah. Minnesota. So, John, were, yeah. were you the Arctic Cat guy, Polaris. What are you rocking here for snowmobiles? Polaris mostly, although I although I never owned one anyway because okay. my parents didn't get get into that sort of thing. But all my buddies seem to have Polaris. I think we ran a couple of Arctic Cats every now and again. Okay, okay. But but Polaris was the was the. I think that's kind of the big. I could be wrong, but I think Polaris. One of those is, is built either in Wisconsin or, or Minnesota, isn't it? I could be making that up.
3: Um. Possibly, yeah, I think it might be Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, that
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Sense. So, yeah. Whichever one was built in Minnesota, I'm sure we rolled with more often than the others. Well, well make jet skiing down
2: here than snowmobiling. That is just for sure. Snow and uh, when you, when you down. can't do that, it's golfing. And uh, a yeah. couple of weeks back, we had you on for the play day, and uh, yeah. I had to reach deep into the pockets to help out the first tee of uh, North Florida. Uh, not you on did. the first day of golf, but on the second one, we, we lit up the scoreboard a little better. Um, give us the results, man. You guys shared well, results today.
1: How did it go? We we did. We did a live broadcast on the Action News Jack's Facebook page at 2 o'clock. It was a, it was a riot. We did, it. we did great stuff. First of all, a couple things. Number one, Brent, thank you very much. You did, in fact, you helped promote it, but you also did give very generously. And I got to tell you, all those donations paid off. You won two sleeves of Pro V1 golf balls that we then generously, on your behalf, donated back to the kiddies So somebody else won. (laughs) You're going to lose them anyways, Brent. You're going to lose them anyways. are going to last about six
4: holes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I can't remember who won them uh, after you, but somebody won them and will enjoy them thoroughly. So uh, well done (laughs) on that. Um, you, You did not win the round of golf with Len Matisse and a buddy. That went to a woman named Lisa Brown, and um, uh, she was actually watching the live Facebook broadcast and was, was very excited. Uh, she chimed in um, on, online, and it was, it was really cool. So it was a lot of fun. So she and a friend will get to come out and play the stadium course with Len Matisse, and I'm going to be there to make everybody feel good about their golf games and and it'll be a lot of fun, and, and hopefully we can use this event to promote doing it again next year. Yeah,
3: that's
1: I awesome. It was a lot of fun. Uh,
2: yeah, I think it was great. Uh, it worked out really well, and, you know, as as always with things like this, you it's just going to catch on, and the more people yes. know about it the next year and the more money you can that's make. Right. So uh, good, good right. money made for the first tee in North Florida, uh, and a fun round with Len Matisse. Uh, I just have to win a lesson with Len.
1: You know what? I got to tell you, um, being Len's friend is a very nice – there's a nice perk to that, and that is every now and again he'll pull me aside and say, you know, you really need some help, Foxman. and then he'll, and he'll, he'll attempt to fix me. But I told him just today, as a matter of fact, that the only way to truly fix me is to cut open my head and do brain surgery, and I don't think he's going to do that.
2: I can attest to that. He's right. He, you're right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, uh, I'm going to leave because I know you got to go, and I probably have to go, and you don't want to talk to me any longer. But i got to tell you, uh, the Dream 18 is coming up, so you might as well plug that while we're talking golf well, and fundraising for great causes. Because, I'll do it. Uh, right. We just promoted that today.
2: I oh, appreciate that. Thanks for doing that, and uh, we will uh, see you on TV tonight. CBS forty-seven and Fox thirty. Enjoy the PGA Championship all weekend long, man.
0: I I
1: have been enjoying it. A lot. Yesterday on my dinner hour, I was watching it. It's fantastic, isn't it? Prime time, time golf. It's the best.
2: It is really good. I, I, we need more of it. Um, have a yes, good one, man. Good job on that, uh, to you and Len, and and uh, for everybody at the first tee of North Florida. Yeah, I
1: mentioned. I forgot. Did I? Met, I might have buried the lead. We raised ten grand. Did I say that already?
2: I don't know if I knew that or you said it, but I like the title. I, I don't no, remember. You, no, you not I think you mentioned that. No.
1: I'm glad you did. That's horrible. The whole point I wanted to make was to give a shout-out to everybody helping us out. We raised $10,000, which I thought was pretty remarkable. That's awesome. For really no you know, no preparation. We kind of did it on a whim, and, and, and people showed up. So a huge thanks to everybody who played and donated to the first tee of North Florida, $10,000. Now I'm leaving. Thank that's, you, guys. Hey, good Appreciate
2: job, it. man. That's uh, that's good stuff. You know, it's hard to raise money right now during the pandemic for a lot of charities. They found a new way to do it with First Tee in North Florida. Uh We're going to try to do it as well. We we'll probably know the dollars will be down a little bit, but we still want to put on the Action Sports Shack Stream 18. want you to be a part of it. It'll be a limited field because of COVID-19. Still pretty good number of golfers, but it just... Back off the number uh, a smidge. You can go register at Action Sports Jacks Dream 18.com. We'll help out our charities. Uh, another fine organization for youth golf in the area, North Florida Junior Golf Foundation, and also uh, St. Michael's Soldiers celebrating their 10th year anniversary uh, as they help local military families. And um, we hope you can be a part of it at Action Sports Jacks Dream 18.com. If you have a business, uh, even a donation for a T-sign. You can jump on and do that. Uh, We'll promote your business. And if you want to play, it's uh, $400 for a foursome. Really not that much to get into a charity tournament. And you get a lot in return. We're doing like a beach theme. We're going to go bucket hat. We're going to go beach shirt. And we are going... uh oh also like a like one of those string bag things for the tea gift
3: oh yeah you know what i'm talking yeah, about i don't know i like the thing camp, like, we used to call them camp bags okay. you, you, you have like basketball camps or football camps yeah there you go yeah yeah,
2: yeah. uh so we're doing those cool man i mean that alone's reason plus it's like free food and free drink no I mean, said i'll to the golf i'll see you there yeah i'm not gonna go but i'll <laughs> see you there and I'll, <laughs> and I'll help
3: you know spread the word and i'll see you there for that free
2: food actions for dot 18com is the place to go update on the murder hornets one was, like, caught or something. No, yeah, the, Jack's Boz. It was caught? They found one. Wait, wait, is it this was isn't, on the run. Is not cops? What no, are talking about thing. here? Well, look, this is what... <laughs> Jack's Boz. Yeah. He sends this as we're talk after we're talking about it. My man Jack's Boz. He said they found one in Washington State last week. Okay. And they have two months to find the murder hornet's nest in order to save the bees. So the clock is ticking. Hey, See? Hey.
3: Jack Bauer, this isn't like a Jack Bauer episode where you have what an ultimatum you have 48 hours. Sounds to me like I'm the not, bees wow. have their
2: own pandemic going Man. on. <laughs> and no i talking
3: about it, Brent. I'm not saying Except that like in three years I want a documentary on this, but I want like a seven episode documentary on finding the murder hornet nest. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is what Jack Spot said to me. He said, thinking of putting a GPS mini camera and infrared camera to help finding a nest. Man. It's that serious, apparently. I could, thought he was joking at first, but no, like, they're trying to do that. Like, they're going to that length to get the murder hornet. And we're, we're worried
3: about football right now. And worried about professional sports starting back up. When we got this going on, could the stakes be any? I, I told you, I gave the TED Talk. If you lose your honeybees, you're going to lose the world's supply of food. Lose the world's supply of food. We're all screwed. So start caring about murder hornets.
4: You're going to have a bad time. <laughs> going to have a
3: bad time. I can't stress this enough. I feel like I'm preaching. You know, I feel like I'm just like that crazy guy in the streets that's preaching. But take it seriously, man. I'm telling you.
2: I feel like we need the CIA on the murder hornet. For sure. If that will help. Five o'clock hour coming up to finish off the week. I'll get to the Barry Bonds topic. What do you think about Barry Bonds? Back to some football. Mitchu versus past number one picks. How how do his numbers size up? Yep. We're going to talk about it when we come back on ESPN 690.